And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face in the building. Bring you guys another episode. We had to take last week off because we were out on travels. And we're going to talk all about those travels here today and more because it has been quite a busy week. But more importantly, the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so as of this recording, which is Sunday night on October 16th, more things have developed. Some pretty crazy news. And that's going to be the headlines of today's title and, and what we're talking about. So for those of you guys tuning in live, we appreciate you. And uh, for those of you guys downloading the episode later in the week, we also appreciate you as well. But let's go ahead and kick it off. We got John Rush on the production sticks as per usual. What's up, my boy? Yeah, what's up, everybody? I was not at TwitchCon because uh, I have a almost three-week-old child. And uh, I, I think I made the right choice, but it was it was my heart hurts not being with the boys. But we got Raleigh. So anyone who's listening who you didn't make it, I'm right there with you. I'll guide you through your pain, and we'll kind of relive the highs and lows together in this episode. And not only that, like you said, we have Raleigh. We have a lot of things coming during Raleigh. A couple announcements that we're going to be making this week that pertain to practice server. There may or may not be something special going down. Besides, of course, check out prac.gg forward slash shop. We just released some brand new merch. Key, uh, mouse pads, which are absolutely fire. It's the Gatekeeper brand. Keep up to date with it. We have some cool stuff. And also, Epic Games finally released the news. Yes, I will be casting in Raleigh as well. So, you know, I didn't I didn't want to make it sound like I was going to be there too early. Kept it suspensive because uh, I'm supposed to. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be there. It's going to be pretty go. dope. Uh, we do have a guest on deck today, though. You guys in the live stream might be seeing him. It's Joel, a.k.a. RBK Concealed. What's up, my boy? What's going on, guys? Pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me. That's right. That's right, guys. We have had him on another episode. If you guys recall, it was about, I want to say, three or four episodes ago. Go ahead and look back at that. It was actually a really cool one. We kind of got into a little bit of his history and what he's all about. Um, he has extensive experience inside the esports industry. At one point, he was running his own organization, so he knows what it's like to be you know, a CEO of a business and be behind the, the, the driving force of a full-on brand. Now he's a part of Practice Server leading our marketing and the business development side for us. So it's a pretty awesome pickup. And we got to hang out at TwitchCon, of course. It's not the first time we've hung out. But this is the first time I really got to party all weekend long. Uh, besides, yeah. of course, getting work done, right? Yeah, we definitely got some work done. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got some work done for sure. Hey, listen, guys, we go to these cons, you know, you just, you just rub elbows and, and rub shoulders, right? You just want to hang out, meet people, uh, put a face to the profile. Usually you see all these guys on Twitter, and it's just like, man, now let's get a feel for who you are and really getting those those impressions on. Um, and that, we did a whole lot of that this weekend, John. Yeah, man. That, you you got to love it with those um, those in-person events. That's why we're pumped for Raleigh to be back up and coming. I saw a lot of great things coming out of uh, uh, League of Legends Worlds being here in NA. People were there. Uh, even, um, you, you might not remember this, uh, Monster, but uh, the, the event that you had me cast with Puckett was right before Ooh. the first Halo event. And so I go from casting with the hero to then I, I run into him at an event, and now he, he knows me because we just casted it. And you don't really – it's just different. You know, when you get to see the people in person, you love it. So I, I feel like they're – as much as we're an internet enterprise, there's, like, nothing better than those moments being, being together. That's right. And like you said, you know, these, these are people, again, that are your peers. You work with them online, and, uh, you know, the last couple of years, that, that's really all we've had. 
are these remote experiences, these virtual experiences and virtual events, um, which I don't see going anywhere. But obviously, it's, it's like the, the entire landscape has changed. It's, it's, it's hybrid now. You're going to have big in-person land events, but I think a lot of the companies are noticing the cost-effectiveness of being able to just host a cool event remotely and and how much easier at times that can be versus the latter, right? Versus trying to put on a full-on in-person event. Hey, and you know, while, while we're just at the top here, um, I am going to show our live listeners um, and maybe you can, you can go to our Twitter and check this out. But this is a little company pick of the dinner that I was not at, but I know that oh, I was no. one, I know <laughs> oh, that I, no. I know that I was wanted to be there, but this is uh this is uh really just cool seeing like like Pratt come together in this way. This is what we do. I know you were probably happy in this moment, Monster. Oh, I felt so good, man. We had a uh, I think it was about twelve of us in attendance during this photo. Um, and we went to Fogo de Chao, all you can eat, just red meats, uh brisket barbecue style it's just coming out nonstop. you literally have a card that says yes or no to food uh so you you just you pay the the cover price and you just go and the food wow. is top really, tier like yeah, yeah. You, you don't get steak sauce you get the flavor of the the grilled yeah. meat the smoked meats that mm. they're doing and it's it's really really cool i, I want to encourage you guys if you guys want to go somewhere cool maybe for a big party um, this is something really dope. We'll warn you though. We'll run you a, a fat bill if you have over ten people. So <laughs> yep, be ready for that one. But uh, yeah, man, practice server was able to take care of the team. We uh, yeah, we we expensed that of course and made sure everyone came out and we had a good company dinner. That that was uh, one of the one of the one of my favorite moments, no doubt. That's right. I got my uh, I got a list of Raleigh restaurants. dude and just and just talk about like the practice server team uh showing up dude wherever we were whether it was a a a party or you know a freaking uh nightclub right like these these different spots we were invited to and we got to hang out we had an entourage bro no lie of almost like 20 deep like there was something about our group that you could just tell oh these guys these guys are part of the life of this party you know what i mean and and just just you know what it's like when, when you see a big group and you see a bunch of fun people and people hanging out and you see that camaraderie you want to be a part of that it just you kind of naturally you know I, I think draw in people to you and that's what it was it was all love man it was all love everywhere we went and big shouts to anyone that had the prac merch i brought a bunch out there so the boys got to wear it and we all got to sport some stuff but yeah we we're able to kind of to rep proudly you know uh the team and and really be out there and, and the vibes are the vibes are top tier it was definitely top tier vibes, man. It was awesome just kind of getting you. We say, you know, you hang out with everybody online, right? You don't know these people in person, but when you get that first impression of everybody, you get to all just kind of hang out and kick it. It's so much different, man. It's I miss those days. Well, hey, let's let's uh, let's really get into a um, a evaluation of the event we covered on this uh, program leading into it. Some of the controversy, some of the question marks. It was the first TwitchCon since 2019. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, uh, a lot of uh, excitement, but a lot of concerns. And um, hey, just at a, at a high level, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, and, and honestly, what's interesting is uh, being at home online. It's so hard to tell what people actually thought because people communicate in such extremes online. People were either like, best weekend ever, or people were just like, <laughs> I hate it. You know, so so I'd love to hear from both of you, like high, high level. And then we'll get into some more detailed, but just high level. What, what were your thoughts? I'll, t- I'll take the floor first on this one because I recall all the TwitchCons. Like, if you guys don't know, like, I'm, I met my wife at TwitchCon. 
Like I invited her to a Twitch concert. It's, it's kind of a special deal for us. It's almost like our anniversary reminder. Like, hey, you know, TwitchCon's coming around. Let's let's we're going, right? And we know we're going. Um, it was it was different. There was it was different, like in a bad way. Like the Twitch con experience, like the Twitch experience. And I say that because, dude, in the past you would show up to San Diego or to wherever they're hosting this. You walk the streets and it's it's literally bleeding purple. You see banners everywhere, big photos. Like back then you had huge photos of Myth and you know, all the influencers and anyone that was relevant. Um there it felt like you were showing up for the influencers, which realistically, that's what most people come out for. That's what the fans are there for. They're not there to go buy Twitch merch, they're there to go see their favorite creators. And this TwitchCon genuinely felt like there was a disconnect between twitch the brand and the creators that are the backbone to the actual brand yes people showed up yes you know there were tons of folks there but down to the the way the floor looked the the vibe um to the outside the the lack of marketing the lack of visual representation it really did feel like it wasn't a TwitchCon. It looked like it was a weekend party that we all somehow decided, let's just go to San Diego this weekend and have fun. Like, that's what it felt like. J- Joel, thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I, I would say it's the same, right, from being from the previous TwitchCons. Um, it, it, most of the time, people didn't even hang out at TwitchCon. Usually, it's like the opposite, right? You're like at the convention, like you're excited to go there. Like, oh, yeah, let's have a good time. Like, uh, most of the time, you just... Nobody even wanted to go back in there. Like you waited yeah. for like an hour, and it was like, all right, I don't want to go back. Like, let's where are we hanging? Where, where's everybody hanging out? Definitely That's, not in there. There it, was definitely it, a big disconnect in like how everything kind of was set up or flowing or whatever it might be. I'm not sure exactly what to pinpoint at it, but it was definitely like you said, it's just a weekend to hang out with the boys, I guess, in San Diego. But like, you could go to TwitchCon for an hour and then leave. And and there was something about the floor that was also very different. Like, you didn't have, like, in the past, man, you would show up and a game booth will be set up and it'd look immaculate. You know, Sony would show up and they'll put out and you'd see new DLC. You'd see potentially un- unseen content. You show up, you'd get, you know, QR codes or like little, little signups like, hey, here's a skin bonus for showing up to, for our game, right? Yeah. These promotional uh, material that comes from the developers. We didn't see none of that. Instead, we had like a Capital One Cafe. We had a, you know, a, a Samsung uh, a hydration booth. But, you know, like weird like spins uh, of like blue chip brands kind of injecting the ads, right? And there's that's already an existing problem on Twitch. Interesting. People hate the advertisements on Twitch. Wow. And the convention floor literally felt more like a big advertisement than anything else. There was such little gaming presence. It was really odd, dude. And I'm telling you, I walked the whole floor. I did the full 360 loop. You know, I went down the side, kind of went around. Um, you know, shout out to anyone that was there kind of putting on and showing off their services. Don't get me wrong. You know, our good friends, Power GPU was there. Uh, you know, that's a great place for you to promote your services. You build right. computers. It makes sense. But like, that's all we saw. A bunch of computer building companies. Um, you know, like, like I said, Capital One Cafe, just weird super disconnected things there was a couple tournaments going on don't get me wrong that's dope but but it didn't have that that touch of the games that we would honestly go there and you know where's fortnite you know you go yeah. play a booth right there'd be like fortnite booth rocket league counter-strike like none of that well one game one game had a presence and i think street fighter 
Um, well, Lost Ark, I saw had there a pretty immersive. But uh, for anyone who is unaware, there's a game that's this, uh, produced by Amazon, which is the owner of Twitch. So I thought that was so <laughs> yes. funny that it's to me. Huh. So like my vantage, like if I had to recap three things that I just like four things that I saw from the Internet. Number one, foam pit, which we'll come back to that. And I'm like, why? I feel like I'm like, you know, the event is struggling if this foam pit of at, the top. At, at an immersive event in the most engaging entertainment medium that's ever existed. And we're at a foam pit mostly. Okay. The Lost Ark as the only game that I saw get a like a, a very good treatment. And but again, it's like owned uh, by them. Um, and then um, an ad during one of the main presentations, somebody, somebody talked about that. Um, and then, um, and then the, the fourth one was just people sneaking into the, the conference, that <laughs> the con that weren't supposed to be there. That was like what I saw from back home. And, and I could talk about the people sneaking in. I was one of the folks that was just kind of doing my thing. I was hanging out with Arab, uh, my boy, high sky. We're walking to the partner lounge and some, some random dudes in like, you know, kind of, regular mask and like Fortnite hats run up on me with shades not i brushed them off i'm like oh like i'm not trying to get filmed right now i don't know what y'all doing arab kind of plays into it and it turns out it was phase well x phase jarvis and his brother k who snuck into the partner lounge by the way with fake badges um cameras fully equipped and they were trolling people for reactions and then when i came out the partner lounge he was already unmasked and he saw me and I was like, oh, no way. And then we like, you know, gave each other a big hug and said, what's up and all that. Um, but just dude, security there sucked. Ah. You were supposed to be vaccinated and, and, and or had a COVID negative test. And I kid you not, you walked up, you flashed your phone. And if you had anything remotely that just said the word negative or vaccinated, they just gave you a ban. There was there was no actual verification. You could have had a JPEG photo that you downloaded from the Internet. And that was it. Let's, 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 this is important, guys. Not important because they want to enforce the health policy or anything like that. But it's important because they made a big deal about it on socials for them to genuinely not even enforce it uh, upon entry when you got into the event. Also, half the people in the convention were walking around unmasked. So, like, why create the riff anyways? Why not just leave it up to the people to go ahead and make the decision anyways? Because that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I think that was a big, uh, that was pretty big things on socials that they were talking about. Like, yeah, because at first it started, there was none of that going to happen. Right. And then they <laughs> had some backlash on social media. And then they're like, sorry about that. Like, we're going to really enforce a lot of different things. But then when you got there, there was really no enforcing of anything. It was just kind of like, yeah, we looked good on social media. So like, everybody liked us again. You know what I mean? But and, there's and, so and... much negative publicity now currently that it's. And lastly, I would say the last red flag for TwitchCon, and, th- and this is this is a true red flag, the lanyard, the badge that you got. I've collected all of them. This was by far the most card stock, like anyone could have printed this thing out, uh, uh, like badge that I've ever had. Just FYI. And listen, what's a what's an extra couple thousand dollars when you're putting in all of that money? It's the little things that people notice, especially if oh, you've yeah. been to different ones. That really makes it feel like, dude, what are you guys doing? Like, do you guys not care about, you know what I mean? Like, like, where's the investment? It was, it was so poorly done, John. Um, and yeah, John's waving yeah, some of his previous them, like, minor, ones. Rack, minor back there. Yeah, Look, I, I collect that. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. 
So the ones that we got there, dude, they they were printed out like on the spot. They were super flimsy. Um, like you know, it's bad if you if you bend it and it creases. You know what I mean? It's like there's like no resistance on it. Uh, so you know, listen, TwitchCon, like the actual convention. To 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 summarize, guys, if you didn't go and you if you thought you missed out like something at the convention, you didn't. You did not. Not the convention itself. The real fun came. When you went to the FaZe Clan party on, you know, Friday night where Travis Scott was performing, <laughs> oh, we got fine, to hit yeah. the floor. That's where the real fun was. You know, we're talking about, dude, I swear that had to be like a million dollar, two, three million dollar party that night. They had an open bar across the floor. If you were a drinker, you were like in paradise. We have some fun stories about that. I'm going to leave uh, leave one of those to uh, to Killa Khan, who we might get on next week. I'll let him tell his side of uh, a crazy night he had. Um, but another great party that we went to, Joel, the GXR party. That was a great gathering that we got to experience. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, it started off with such a high at the face party, right, that it was like, dude, how are we going to top that? But you really couldn't. Like, you really couldn't. All know. around, it was just consistently like good parties like everybody threw a great party like that rooftop party that we had the gxr party yeah awesome and like we got to just hang out there chill with the boys again and like have a great time like everywhere we went though just the vibe in general we're like hanging out with the boys and like meeting new people and networking and doing whatever was definitely hands down the best part and listen i know you guys some guys might be thinking like dude i'm too old to party you know like that wouldn't be my thing but like i'm telling you you go to these places you just got to give it a try you know make it make yourself feel like you're 21 again you know just just go hang out there's a lot of uh uh gamers a lot of people with your own self uh same interest in these spaces we're talking you know myself like i don't really care about partying and, and doing all the drinking and taking shots all, you know i've i'm kind of past that i'm sure there's a lot of you guys that are too but i still had such a great time hanging out with everyone seeing what it was you know being a part of the environment uh environment and, and living in the moment you know really living in the moment with your friends and meeting new people because there, there's so many different uh, uh, folks that are part of this industry and this space that are that were attending these spaces, and it really made it special. Um, and and you gotta you gotta understand that most of the spots that we're talking about, like our experiences, I mean, these were pretty exclusive, you know, uh, environments that we got to hang out in, and they really made it all the more special. So um, when I say we're out here and we're having fun, um, we're having fun in some in some pretty, I would say honestly special experiences like these these different entities and organizations that we're putting in we put a lot of resource man uh renting out some of the some of the most elite hangout places you know places you could you could be involved in and then taking care of everything like you really could have showed up yeah. to twitchcon this weekend maybe maybe 50 bucks in your pocket and been i like seriously just some food to get by throughout yeah, the day yeah, like if you got into these parties for sure you could have spent you know you spent nothing being there Right, so just just, just tipping a the, meal, two, three meals every tips. day, whatever mm-hmm. you use, and that's it. You go home, and you would have had the best time of your life. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh, one uh, one positive that I that I did see that I actually think is a great. I feel like uh, tell me if, you, if this resonates with you guys. The type of stuff that still felt like what Twitch used to be about was one of my homies, uh, Grant, who just hit partner this year, uh, went to the golfers event. And he's a golfer, and and Twitch hosted like a a partners golfing uh, tournament, 
and he had a great time. And he, for him being a new partner, you know, aver- like someone who averages 100 CCV, and to get to be there and rub shoulders with everyone, he actually ended up um, getting to share like an Uber with Twitch's COO and got that access. And I'm like, that's the type, to me, I'm like, that's what they need to be doing. And that needs, that's what, to me, I'm like, that's what, what Twitch should feel like times, like the whole, whole thing is more like how he was describing it. Like, you know, he's like golfing against uh, freaking Nate Hill and Tifu and got to talk to him. And, and this is the thing, right? We've seen Twitch put like mad resources into different activations. Um, let's talk about Streamer Bowl. One of their biggest activations they do right around the Super Bowl every single year. Bro, I got to do their the last Streamer Bowl like before everything shut down and it was immaculate. If you were invited, they give you box tickets to the Super Bowl that weekend. Like you don't get to you know, you you can't afford that. The regular person cannot afford these type of very unique experiences. And we know they care and they do cool things like this, but like for them to save it for those like extreme exclusive um, opportunities like that, that even a, a much less select few get to be involved in versus what this is supposed to be like, you know, take care of the partners, take care of the whole community. We've seen them, you know, spend exuberant amount of cash and, you know, in, in different ways before. Um, and I'm not saying you have to blow cash, right? I'm just saying like there was there was things that could have been better in the experience. Um, clearly, if if the booths and the floor on the con floor are not being sold to like game publishers and stuff, there's a disconnect there too. It's not just with the community and the people showing up. No, the real red flag is the fact that we didn't see, you know, a Fortnite booth there, or we didn't see a Call of Duty, you know, Activision Wars. None of that. We didn't see those major key players those triple a title entities on the floor at all and there's been a lot of great games this year that's a huge l to me i i especially um we talked about this last time we were talking about twitch as a organization you just got to put your money towards the people like the people they're who your source of revenue is anyway but also like like they're who you're here to serve and i don't know it's like to me, I'm like just hearing what y'all describing. Like, if they're lining up some of these blue chip sponsors, I feel like that money should be that ad money should be translated into things that impact the, the end user. And it doesn't sound like that happened. No, yeah, it didn't draw them disconnect. in. Sorry, you were talking about disconnect, right? Like, you realize one of your biggest partners is throwing you know parties right across the street Ooh. from you to compete with your event because you're so disconnected from what's going on that you got to realize like there's definitely something off and like, yeah, the event didn't feel like SwitchCon. It felt like there's a disconnect there. Yeah. It was, it was the PratCon for us. We hey, had, we had yeah. a ball. <laughs> hey, had a hey ball. just real quick. I want to hear about the MFAM event though. I know that that when TwitchCon had announced um, some of their controversial new guidelines, uh, Nick Merckx was like the first one right at the gate. It's like he knew it was happening. I, I feel like it was like within 10 hours he, he had like a, yeah, details lined Game up. Game plan so, ready to yeah. fire. How yeah. how did that flesh out? Like, did, were we were y'all able to go? What was that like? Yeah, I, I I signed up for it. Um, I got to attend. It was it was really straightforward. If you basically had interest in going, he set it up so that you had a, a time. You picked your time. You got your ticket in advance, your little badge, and you got to show up. Um, yeah, shout out to Nick Merckx, man. He put in a whole lot of resources to make it happen. Uh, it was coordinated relatively well. When I showed up, it wasn't like you know, some some beast lines or nothing like that. He really carved it out so everyone kind of had a ta- uh, chance to to see him, say what's up. I got to see him at uh, at one of the uh, one of the time blocks. Um, I think the only miss 
was that he wasn't at all the time blocks, which I get, you know, towards the evening. So if you were like a super fan of Nick Merckx and you were hoping to see him maybe like during that 8 to 10 block, he just wasn't there, right? He was already out doing this kind of thing throughout the evening. So um, might have been a miss for some, but all in all, I think my, my experience was pretty positive. It was pretty cool. Uh, what about yourself, Joel? I think it was a great event, man. Like you realize like he cares so much about his community that he was willing to invest whatever it takes to support the people that support him, you know? Um, I think that's one of the things that a lot of creators need to realize because he's there's nobody really that does it like he does it. But then you realize why he's been such a staple in the community for such a long time. And it only gets bigger and bigger every time he throws an event. There's a reason for it, right? Because, yeah, you know, it costs him a lot of money, but he's just investing back into the people, which is what you need. Yeah. That's right. And, and it was, um, yeah, basically kind of open beer tap and bar style as well and um complimentary i think like chicken wings and pizza coming out you know kind of round the clock so it it was really cool you got to show up you got to eat well meet other people of his community obviously get to see him do his little meet and greet like it, it was really dope and you know play some pool right <laughs> have some fun yeah. at the same time that's what we were doing i love it yeah no it's definitely a great event man well we'll Unreal. we'll uh close the rest of the episode talking about um some more content creators um, in detail and a, a lot of different topics. But before we do that, something happened literally today as we were recording um, or on the day that we're recording this is that a, a huge hallmark, a pillar in, in, in gaming um, business and really putting gaming in the mainstream G4, um, I guess closed down for at least the second time. And uh, given everything that we're trying to gather, it's still very fresh. It seems like it was is sudden. Even the people who were uh, up up close uh, in, into the into the operations, uh, G4 TV. I mean, goodness, uh, early 2000s gets its own TV channel. Which for any of our younger listeners, that feels like it might mean nothing to you. That was <laughs> it was huge at the time. Yes, and and so you're you're really watching one of the early early um, adopters of of getting gaming mainstream. Uh, I guess fall again, fellas. What do you think? What do you know? Yeah, well, what I will say is, you know, one of my my earliest and one of my fondest memories of seeing G4 on TV, uh, G4 TV on TV was like they were displaying uh, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater when it first came out and like kind of showing off the the guide and the handbook and Elder Scrolls like way back when. And, you know, they, they would do all these cool things. So G4, um, I think as a brand has so much nostalgia around it because it really does connect to most of our childhoods and our earliest gaming experience, especially as it pertains to media. I think the problem with G4 is the reason we love what they were doing back then, there was no one doing it. They were the only outlet, right? Um, so when you have that, you're essentially the, um, you know, you're, you're monopoly, you have a monopoly on the market, you are guaranteed success. The problem is in today's day and age, that content back then will not make it today. With how accessible, you know, uh, uh, media and content is, dude, the G4 TV show, you know, you're trying to take that that old idea, revitalize it, maybe add a new spin to it. I, I get bringing back some of the original cast members and stuff like that, but trying to bake up these new um, faces to be a part of the space. It's just not something that you can just replicate, right? Because you have the brand. It really has to be everything and more it has to be so special that you capture the hearts of the of the masses and that is ridiculously hard to do as we see um i think it is uh i think it makes sense that the company wasn't gonna make it it was a very ambitious 
you know, market that they were trying to target and go after, especially in today's day and age. And it doesn't come as a surprise to me, but I will say it comes as a surprise in the sense that like it was very sudden. They didn't like, you know, say, hey, guys, it's the last season. We're winding down. You know, they could have made something very special of it and kind of rode this, you know, this this wave out, if you will, and just kind of let it be its last thing and then put it down and with hopes to pick it up later. But when someone just kind of just like pulls the plug like that and, and you know, cuts the power, it doesn't sound like they have any interest in returning and trying this thing again, you know? Yeah, I think it just goes to this shift there, the way our industry is kind of working, right? There's going to be a lot of moving pieces, a lot of investment money that was here earlier on, right? That's kind of taking a step back and saying, whoa, how is this thing holding up, this whole thing going to play out? Um, I don't know. It sucks to always hear about a company closing in the space and, you know, so many people left jobless, especially all of a sudden, because we don't know what happened there. Um, but, man, our industry is going to go through some wild changes and it's going to start happening, I feel like, myself very soon. And it's at the end of the day, when you start getting investment, it all becomes about profitability. And if it's not making money, um, those investor dollars are going to pull out real fast. Yeah, and you can, so, even, you can even see just like the, the tail of the numbers is, um, you, you know, G4 definitely doesn't have a small social media presence by any means, but certainly not uh, does, does not really seem to have... Uh, what you would expect from a content house creating content. I mean, if you go look at their various YouTube channels, I mean, they were creating content as of uh, yesterday, you know, video, YouTube videos were being posted. Um, obviously again, um, if you look through the different, um, uh, analytics, just from a, a bird's eye view, um, some of these videos were struggling, you know, pretty, you know, for, for a company that's doing content. Um, they had a couple of different, they have three different YouTube channels. G4 TV has 133,000 subs. Um, Attack of the Show, which was kind of like one of their main segments on the actual television show that they branched out. Smart for them to create its own YouTube uh, with uh, 158,000 uh, subs. And then X-Play, um, which um, is, pro- I would imagine, uh, Javier, that's what you saw that, uh, that their segment uh, breaking down that gameplay back in the that's day. Right. They've got uh, almost 500,000 uh, subscribers. Um, and so um, definitely have made an impact online um, but just must not have been enough to to turn a profit, um, and 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 like Josh said, please those and, uh, investors. And like I said, it, it's because they try to take the the new age form of creating content. You know, you know, back then when you would watch what they were doing, it was a two man show. You know, you, you had the original host and you had the co host, and that was it. They were just doing their thing. I mean, now it, it's kind of like the the ex- expectations of in studio. It's way more than that. You have much more of a camera crew. You have these new kind of studios right these big studios that are expensive but you have bigger talent rosters and you have an expectation to have features in guests all of that comes with much more money so i can only imagine that to run what they were running in the past effectively today just costs so much more and like you said that return is much much less um especially because they're doing it on the different medium they're banking on making their own ad revenue through youtube and their own kind of Right, piloting their own uh, revenue streams versus what might have been at one point like that commercial TV money, which is probably much much different uh, than anything that any of us is, have experienced today, as far as like paid media goes. Yeah, and put it in perspective for everyone listening, um, this was early YouTube days. I, I would imagine next to nobody was making gaming content or or had 
peak. So as a as a young person, if you wanted to know about, I mean, think about it, like, oh, this glitch or this update or this thing, like, I literally remember tuning in, like, like writing on a fridge <laughs> so my mom would know when G4 was on so I know that she knew that I could watch it because I would literally be like, oh, they're going to talk about something that I will not get unless I go buy, uh, uh, like, like PC magazine. Like, oh, this is like such old age no. stuff. So they had a niche, but I feel like for, it's interesting. I think even back then they had an innovative project product with an old school medium. And I feel like they should have adapted quicker. They should have been on YouTube right out the gate. Easy and for if, us to if say. If they would have, if they would have though, it, it honestly, they would be killing. They would be like juggernauts of the space, undoubtedly. Um, look at the people that did jump on early as a as a form of news media they're doing pretty well you have dixerto you have uh the kotaku right like these different kind of you know medias and these guys write mostly like editorial like written content right they're not making video content the way uh the g4 team was back in the past the talent team was so they they would have been so far ahead um anyone that stuck with it came out pretty well Keemstar, you can even you know add into the early adopters of just taking advantage of the gaming space and and making content as it kind of boomed um, from YouTube to then you know Twitter and kind of all the other mainstream um, outlets. So yeah, man, G4 TV kind of going down a sinking ship right now. This is a this is going to be I think a, a ripple. It's I think it's going to have a ripple effect on other media agencies uh, across the industry because it's just another major entity, a major cash flow sink that. Is going to be a red flag for investors and and new entities alike because when they start looking at the history, like what's been done, what's been built, how much did they put in? Even a, a brand as recognizable as this that that kind of had a head start couldn't make it right, and they didn't make it. They gave up and and they fell short. So, well, speaking, kind of where we are. Speaking of the future and people making moves, it's really the age of the content creator and. Uh, uh, platforms like Twitch and even G4 are v- fastly falling to the way of just the, the personal brand of someone like a Nick Merckx. But um, we're kind of in a, a kind of like a really hot month for uh, innovation in, in our content creators. Um, we've got Ludwig launching a new product, which Monster, I'll let you, you talk in full detail about that one. But it's really exciting and funny. <laughs> uh, Nade Shot um, teed up what he said. Um, he said something to the effect of it's like the second biggest announcement he's ever given. And then that is that uh, he has his own energy drink. Um, some people gave mixed reactions to that because they're like, what? But he explained how important it was for him and how big of a deal it is. And for anyone who knows the money side of that as a big announcement. Um, and then um, Cypher PK bringing PacSun, a mainstream, huge distributor of clothing um, in line with his brand metal umbrella. Uh, boys, which one of these excites you the most? I want to start with Ludwig, honestly. Man, Ludwig is just like, he's he's just a genius, let's be honest. So Ludwig goes out of his way to put the resources and put the money into something so unorthodox, but also uh, I feel like it, it kind of falls in line with the brand in some weird way because he's just that kind of different. This man put in, I don't know how much time, but he said at least for the last year or so, he's been secretly building his own custom bidet. Right? It's a $500 bidet. The man went as far as owning bidet.gg. This guy's a genius. Like, okay, so this is all part of the game plan. And and I want to say that the reason you know it's it's a hit, when you look at the Twitter reactions, impressions, the likes, his community really, really, really stands behind him and his projects because 
he's one of those creators that moves without the the stress of what other people think about him. What he thinks is going to work, he just goes out and does it. That's what you that's what you have to love about a Ludwig. So whether or not it feels like it's on brand for him, it doesn't matter because he believes this is a need for the space for Americans. And he went he went ahead and built a, a, a super cool bidet, probably you know all up to date and, and all that good stuff. But when you compare this right this announcement and the the reaction and just the the raw numbers, it is three times as much impressions as the Nade Shot announcement, which yeah. is crazy because when you think about who has more influence, you would think like Nade Shot has like this, this fandom, right? That is probably unrivaled, but it kind of shows you that there's levels to this like influencer game. You know what I mean? And Ludwig, man, this guy is at the, at the top. And don't forget, he was once on Twitch. He signed to YouTube and he has not gotten smaller. He has only gotten bigger. He's a case study of success that has moved away from the Twitch platform and has only done bigger and bigger things. Yeah, I think new the Nate Shot like energy drink thing, right? It's awesome because you see like it's a business perspective, very smart move. Yeah. Right? Like huge announcement, like things are moving. I just think the impression with Ludwig, right? It's like Energy drinks, you know, they've been around. They're always going to be around. Like, we as gamers, you know, we understand, right? There's so many of them out there, and everybody says theirs is the best, right? Whether it be Red Bull or Celsius or Monster, whatever it might be. Now Juvie, right, which is awesome, good for them. Um, but as gamers, we're like, oh, that's awesome. But, like, eh. But, like, today kind of gets you talking, like, dude, what? And you're like, like and you're going to share with your friends, you know what I mean? Like, dude, this, <laughs> look at this dude. It's like... Got a bidet now. Like, what does this even hey, mean? Man. It's so called it's just, swipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Check like, it you know, it's, it's pretty crazy, but it gets you talking about it. You know what I mean? The energy drink gets you talking about it, and it's like, you just kind of like, oh, it's dope. But then it's like, you know how many people are going to buy this thing now from Ludwig just because, like, it's, like, kind of cool? Like, try it out. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it with that, baked into that is a high risk, right? So you're like, energy drink, sure thing. Bidet, what if nobody cares? But obviously, where there's no risk, there's no reward. And Ludwig nailed it. I think brilliant marketing. You touched on it, uh, Monster. But bidets are a cultural norm in many parts of the world. And as our, as our world gets more globalized, as much as, as we are, are learning from other cultures through the internet, we're seeing all this stuff. It's, ne- it's, been a, it's never been more of a, of a desire for people to kind of pull from the best parts of cultures Ludwig, this is like brilliant marketing to me. At the very end of the tweet, right before the link, he says, it's time to join the rest of society. Because he's showing, he's showing Americans his biggest, probably uh, a following or a good chunk of it. Like, guys, you don't even, you don't use this? Why? Right? Like everyone else, because the rest of the world really does. Like Europe, this is widely adopted in, in Asia and in, in all the Middle Eastern um, communities and things like that. So like, this is this is very much, uh, uh, like you said, a global something that's a global product that's been adopted for who knows how many years. I don't have the history on that, but it, it's not in America. I can tell you that for the most part, um, because the first time I ever saw a bidet is when I went to South Korea. I was like, "Holy crap! This thing has a, a water fountain on it. What's going on?" Like, you know what I mean? It's just different. <laughs> and I only got to experience that. Shout out to Epic Games. I did a, a Fortnite tournament many, many years ago, and they took us to South Korea. But like. Dude, I was like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but but this is this is a real thing. Um also let's give a shout out to Ludwig, just just a little, little brief touch, kind of a side note. A couple months ago, or like maybe about a month ago, we talked about this guy called Slicker who was scamming 
um, users on the internet, his fans taking advantage of this like parasocial relationship that he had with his fans. He it turns out that he took upwards of three hundred thousand dollars from his fans. Not just like he didn't take it. No, he conned them. He begged them. He made them believe he was in a desperate situation and needed, you know, just 500 there, 1,000 here. Um, I'll pay you back is what he told them. And he never actually did. Ludwig, XQC, and one of their moderators, um, I want to give him a shout out, Slime Machine and Wojito came out of their way to give back upwards of $250,000 to all the victims that they could verify right. and pay back. So shout out to Ludwig, man. Great. He kind of led that. Um, it comes with a little bit of controversy and maybe we'll talk about that in the future about how like some people get a pass, other people get hard canceled. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely save that for later, but for now we'll celebrate the W Ludwig did the right thing. He steps up, he supports all these victims. Um, and then the following shortly after that announces his bidet. So good great timing guy. builds great up guy. the karma announces the big, uh, his big new product. It's just a win-win for him right now. He's on the top of the world. One thing I want to, we won't stay long on the energy drink. One thing that I did want to point out that I thought was interesting is uh, uh, Juvie. That's how you say it? Yeah. Juvie, yeah. Okay, I don't love the name. Just personally, I feel like it just makes me think of like jail. <laughs> Not yet. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, but, okay, I see yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, I'm sure he's got a, I'm sure, I don't know, he'll win. I don't know. But I, one thing that I do uh, find interesting is I feel like he's clearly trying to market to a broader audience. Like, I feel like even if you just look at the design, the aesthetic, I feel like he's going for Target. Like, that's what it literally looked like something you would buy in Target. So I'm curious to see um, how uh, how broad he's able to take this because it is not a it does not seem to be marketed at gamers, in my opinion. I'm not saying gamers won't get look, it. Yeah, I think if we look at the just nature of the people behind 100 Thieves and everything, right, they have some massive marketing minds behind that whole thing. And they realize the bigger picture, right? Like, yeah, we can market this to just gamers, or we can just say, Chewy, it's an energy drink. Gamers can drink it, but like as they start going to market, it's gonna be definitely something that you don't really associate with and, like gamers. And the name is actually like a play on the word rejuvenating. So that's where the juvie mm-hmm. comes from, because it's a rejuvenating drink. It's like an energy drink. So it, it you know, it, it probably took a lot of time to really think about it and try to get to that name. I think it's pretty cool. Like like I said, because it's a play on words, it has a spin. I agree with you though. There could be some uh, you know, some memes uh, brought out of this one. I think the branding, like you talked about, it, it looks like kind of like starbursty, like candy mm-hmm. flavor. You know what I mean? But that's that's kind of part of the appeal. It's supposed to look refreshing, welcoming, almost reminds you of a sweet, which is, yeah. a, is a craving and a temptation most people can't resist. Yeah, and he said it was like, he's like, he wanted a Capri Sun energy drink. Exactly. Like back from when we were kids. I'm like, that's great to try to capture that. Um, okay, Cypher PK, um, who I feel like, honestly, as it'd be crazy to say, is underrated because, of course, he's not, but I do feel like he is. Like, I feel like he makes moves and people like, like I don't think people grasp some of the scope of the moves that he makes how consistent he is i feel like he is just genuinely like if i had to describe him as one word consistent um and he just keeps building um so metal umbrella in Sun, what, what does this mean to you guys this is a big deal i mean we're talking about uh as he he said himself this is the first ever creator kind of merchandise partnership for paxson uh paxson's been around for a very long time they've built a reputable brand and they've always been a place where you kind of go because you know they have what you would other just call like the dopest collaborations. 
Um, back in the day, they had Obey shirts. Like when Obey mm-hmm. was super big and like in New York, that was a huge hit. And it just took off for that for that graffiti artist, by the way, who also was doing like merch and stuff like that. So um, I think I think Cipher is right when he says like content creator, but kind of wrong at the same time because you know I, I've seen some other collaborate uh, collaborators from like artists, but I guess maybe there is a difference between like uh, an artist per se. And maybe like today's day and age, what you view as a content creator, but nonetheless, not to take away from his, his achievement here. Um, really, really cool stuff. He's got like this anime kind of merch design thing going and It, it looks really cool, man. It looks dope. You know, it's going to be a hit with the, uh, with the younger crowd. It, it looks like it fits into the brain. And I think Paxton kind of needed that. That you, you know, if you want to be a leader in the space, you have to, you have to take from who's leading the spaces. And right now gamers have the attention of the world, like straight up. Yeah, straight up. You're wearing one of the shirts. Do you like it? Does it fit good? It's fire. Shout out to uh, shout out to the Mellow Umbrella team. They hooked me up. They sent me a bunch of stuff a little while back. This is one of the. I think this is the previous design. It's got a big old uh, kind of design on the back. Metal umbrella on the chest. Little flower. They kind of they they play on like the Japanese art, like kind of um, you know kimono flowers and and you know koi fish style anime looking characters um it, it's kind of the vibe right there so really really appeals i guess to like the streetwear style uh you know me a backwards hat wearing a goon i like it mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it definitely looks good for the younger audience I mean, it's not me kind of like the old guy user, <laughs> you know whatever but it looks good i mean i, I like it uh but like you said it's definitely a big people don't really grasp how big these announcements are that he makes and he consistently makes for the space and and that's that's something really cool uh cypher pk is just going down this route that to me reminds me of kind of ninja's path um i i see a lot of i think inspiration from the direction that ninja is taken in cypher pk it's almost like he studies the space he sees what the uh basically the leaders are doing and then he puts his own spin on it and he executes in his own way um and this is not to even forget the fact that he has a, a multi-million dollar studio he's fully announcing soon uh, he's been working on that for the over the last couple of years and that's called oni studios um and they do you know photo shoots and their real kind of claim to growth i think is going to come in their case studies they're picking up creators that they believe have uh, potential and then he's just leveraging all of his clout his influence to basically help these younger you know characters or, or personas blow up right straight up and what happens then in comes the ad deals he knows what they look like he gets a cut company starts to win they make their money and it's gg right rinse and repeat so um he's got a great formula i think he's got a great idea and he's doing something with his brand in a way that a lot of people don't even think about doing or don't ever try to do uh and usually by the time you get there it's a little too late you gotta do it while you're hot and he's doing it while he's hot he hasn't stopped that's why he's winning Hey, and I was about to say, given all that we've talked about, uh, Epic Games and Twitch take care of this man because he's been consistent in right. Fortnite and been consistent on Twitch. But it inter- it, it it just uh, it, it uh, came to my memory that uh, Cipher just uh, celebrated his own skin in in Fortnite. In Fortnite. And so, yeah. good job, Epic. I mean, I feel like they're so smart for recognizing him as one of the most stable and consistent. Um, I mean, when everyone switched to Warzone, he stayed. When everyone switched to Apex, you know, he stayed. And so, um, good job, Epic. And uh, you got to take care of guys like that. 
and it's hard to pick, right? Like, how do you? And I think that's Twitch's problem as well right now. We're obviously seeing there's no allegiance to the platforms, right? There's no allegiance to these devs. Um, people, people kind of do what they think is best for them. Everyone's got their own self interest, and with the like I said, with the way these creators come and go, I mean. They're like flare guns, man. They're bright for 60 seconds and then it's over. You know, they fizzle out. So it's like finding the real the real ones that are stars that are going to continue to burn bright for for many many years, uh forever potentially. It's it's very hard to do. And that's why I think it took so long for them to reveal their next creator series influencer, right, which is now Cypher PK. Um I was as surprised, you know, as surprised as uh, anyone I think when they even announced Chica because Chica's been around for so long and it just makes you think like, is she still in the game? Is she invested? Right? Like how long did those uh, conversations have to go through before they release something? Um, or, or one, one false move. And all of a sudden it, you know, probably gets ripped out from under you. I'm sure there's been plenty of canceled, you know, creator skins as well. You know, people come and go, man. Well, Hey, put it in the comments, wherever you're watching or listening, um, whether you think Cypher's going to make, uh, more revenue off of selling digital clothing via a Fortnite skin or uh, 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 real clothing, so to speak, through PacSun. It's a wild thing to even uh, question that because give, give us your vote way. first. Your vote first. Um, I think the first year will be Fortnite. I think the longevity of the Metal Umbrella thing will carry on into okay. into future. But I think year one, I think this skin high, high, high profit compared Joel? to. That. I think the same way, man. I think when this skin got released, because I saw the skin, I was like, that's a dope skin. Like, a lot of kids saw it and they were like, oh, I want that. So, like, at first you get that, like, big boom in sales and then, like, kind of drops off, right? As the game, you know, changes, new people come in and out. But then that long-term play of Metal Umbrella and Paxson now. I don't know. I'm, I think uh, I think Creator Code is going to win all in all. Hey. When you look at the dollars, I think Metal Umbrella is cool, but dude, the merch industry—you're talking, yeah, you're talking—you're going against the globe now. You're not just, yeah. you know, you're not in the gaming niche anymore. You know, he's the king of the mm-hmm. gaming market. He has he not even a—he's not even close to an Adidas level brand or Nike or you know what I mean. That to get to those levels to make those that kind of money, I think he's got a long way. So I'm going, I'm he going does. creator code. Digital skins uh, probably will bring him more all in all Wild. versus the Metal Umbrella brand. But we'll see. You know, he's got a lot. Of, he's got to put the years in, man. I don't know if he's, Listen, I don't know if he's committed. Put the years in. Paxson has definitely put the years I know, in. I know. Space, I'm talking so. Metal Umbrella. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what his cut is. But hey, he's not the only one that's uh, dropping new merchandise. We got uh, one more topic of the night. Um, and But before we do, you may have seen it on our social media. Um, uh, but we have some uh, merchandise, some practice server merchandise you can get right yes, now sir. on Prac.gg. Prac.gg, we got the mouse pads coming out. We uh, released the Gatekeeper brand. It's going to end up being its own standalone brand that's going to be a collaborative brand with other influencers. Go ahead and check it out. For the first 30 days, shipping is completely free. So what you see is what you get. That bottom line cost right there is all yours to pick up. A mouse pad's going for 35 bucks. Looks super cool. I recommend the big logo one in the middle. So fire. And then, of course, uh, gatekeepers of Prax shirts and the embroidery stitched hoodies. Very, very clean stuff. Very comfy merch. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Shout out to uh, our partners that are distributing and delivering all that good stuff. But the site is live. And like I said, we have some other announcements coming out 
um, possibly leading into new weeks. So do follow us on Twitter at practice server to keep up with our projects and things that we are working on. But before we start uh, wrapping things up, let's go ahead and start leading our way out. It's been a pretty long episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, these, these uh next set of topics or this next set of topic will uh come with a small disclaimer. This is a this is a very serious topic. Um we had a somewhat of a an issue or or development around one of Twitch's prominent creators, Amaranth. She unfortunately has been a victim of abuse and she not that she came clean, but she spilled the beans if you will live while on air uh john take us through a little bit more of the story because this is this is a pretty crazy one yeah and and again um this is breaking on the day we're recording this and not only because it's relevant to um our community but also just is a very important story for for the world we wanted to cover on it um of course details are still streaming in um but um from everything that we're seeing from her stream and subsequent um uh reporting on this is that um uh, just uh, appears to be last night. Um, Amaranth comes on a phone call with an individual who she then reveals as her husband. She begins to kind of let chat in of this huge saga um, that really looks like um, it uh, has been a long stream uh, string of, um, of abusive relationship with a man that um, uh, she's married to asked her to keep it secret because it'd be better for business um, and from what we're seeing has a lot of control over her finances and is threatening um, some wild things. Really sad. Yeah, and, and this is this is a real problem. It's a problem for Twitch especially because Amaranth kind of falls into this category that is a super hot topic. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of people that are for and against women creating pretty much what could otherwise be explicit or lewd style content on the platform. Um, everyone knows and probably loves Twitch because it was a gaming platform, but as it kind of developed over the, the last few years and it's become more accessible and more mainstream, you have more creative methods of and channels that have kind of sprung up, most particularly the what people like to call the hot tub meta, and that's where Amaraf really exploded. She kind of you know, got into this space and now it all makes sense. It, it's, it's due to the fact that the husband, right. Is, has been in this, uh, the, the corner here and effectively just verbally abusing her, mentally abusing her and almost forcing her to partake in bikini streams for attention so that people can donate and subscribe to her and give her money effectively. And that's why they kind of kept the relationship hidden and stuff like that. So this is, this is pretty crazy because, this is a, a form of forced labor that I don't think we've ever seen someone outright say that they're doing on Twitch because someone's making them do it. Like this could be an entire crazy can of worms um, legally for all we know for the platform itself, because yeah, what's happening right now is I don't know where to categorize this, but it's, it's, it's pretty serious. Um, and it makes you wonder like, you know, they're, they're you don't know what someone's going through, obviously, um, just by the way that they kind of show up, just because they come up, show up, go live. Um, clearly, there's someone like her is going through this um, this wild circumstance, this very strenuous circumstance. And it's been happening for years. That's the wild part. So she's been dealing with this in silence and showing up every single day. That's the other crazy part. If you look at her stream analytics, 
like <laughs> I said this before, and I said this about Aussie wow. antics. This is what I said about Aussie antics. I said you got to be kind of crazy to go live and stream like as many hours as he does, right? Doing the same thing, like viewing parties, sun up to sundown, like twelve, sixteen hour days. I mean, you have a female now who's doing this half naked in a pool of cold water. Like it can't be comfortable. We know that for a fact. It can't be fun, right? Like, and it it's you know, like like I said, it kind of speaks for itself there, Joel. But um, this this is this is just insane. Like that this is happening to one of the biggest creators on the platform. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Like, obviously, you don't want to see anybody going through all that stuff. But then you you look at, right, as, like you said, it's going to be a can of worms that kind of gets open. And at the end of the day, why this is all happening, it's because of money, right? And she's exactly. not the only one making money on this platform. So then you got to think, like, man, how many other people are going through similar scenarios are on the platform but turn on Hit Live and they just put a smile on? But as soon as the stream's over, right, like, now nobody knows what's happening behind closed doors, and they might just be hiding out of fear. How You know, she was hiding out of fear just for so much, so much longer that she just gets to the point where you just break. And because it's, it's draining to go live for every day for 10 hours a day and do the same thing over and over and over and over. It's almost like insanity in a way. It, and it, it, like, honestly, this story, like, uh, you know, Thankfully, she was bold enough, strong enough to come out and speak wow. up for herself. And hopefully this leads to, you know, resolution to her situation. But talking about streamers that like sometimes deal with mental struggle and issue and you don't really ever know. Let's not forget Reckful, who is one of the biggest streamers on the platform from uh, the years 2009 to 2020. He, you know, he took his own life, unfortunately. And he was one of the biggest streamers who rose to prominence through the World of Warcraft space and stuff like that. And he would average absurd amounts of uh, viewers back then 10 20k was a ridiculous deal right we're talking that's the equivalent of today's 100 to 300k viewer streamers um you know he was a, a phenomenal streamer and a great person people grow uh grew to love but he dealt with his own you know struggles and, and this this is something that has happened um a lot right throughout the years and you know every now and again there's just a big enough person that happens to it, the story breaks and we get to see it unfold. It just kind of reminds us, right? People are human. Yeah. Uh, so this is almost like a, a reminder to all of the audience as well. Just be nice to people, right? And so that's <laughs> why we're covering this and we're kind of giving you guys the story is just, you know, hopefully you take a lesson from uh from all this because this is this is some crazy stuff. Yeah, and any any research that you do on on this this part of the industry, you know. It, it there are, are um I mean the stats are are I'm like pulling some up right now I mean they're just really they're sobering this is good for us to just remember like just be careful what we're consuming make sure that you know you really kind of know the links you're clicking and 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 just just it's just a it's being a responsible citizen and a good person because unfortunately it's a pretty common practice for women to get uh, put into these um basically like forced prostitution situations. By thinking that they're signing like something like a OnlyFans or content creation deal, and so uh, man, thoughts, uh, well wishes, prayers, whatever you have, send it to Amaranth. Uh, last bit, and really um, just to just to really speculate and, and and have some empathy, but also just to like know that this is a story that's still unfolding. Um, uh, guard um, Hunter um, Hunter, who kind of broke this, the last bit of his coverage uh, pointed out a clip. Uh, this stream that was taking place um, ended with um, a female voice that we don't know asking Amaranth had she taken her meds, um, and then the stream ab abruptly ends after that. And so, um, man, that could mean a lot. 
We just want to we just want to be able to cover this in its full spectrum. But certainly, no matter what um, is happening, nobody deserves to be put through what she has gone through. Um, and uh, this is just awful. Yeah, just in general. So it's been a it's been a pretty wild week. And like we said, this is one of those developments that just happened like less than twenty four hours ago. Um, and also, yeah, shout out to to Guard Hunter. He's one of the I think. Uh, co-workers or constituents of uh, Jake Jake Lucky. They kind of run media together. They share a lot of the times the, the stories as they kind of develop. They're good friends. And they're most of the time what keeps us up to date uh, with what we cover here on the on the podcast week to week. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. It has been a lengthy one. We got to talk all things from, uh, you know, creator, uh, obviously, turmoil to celebrations and then of course uh the twitchcon experience man it, it was definitely a wild one um i'm so curious to see what's going to happen with twitch as a platform they for me and I'll, I'll leave it at this i really do feel like they have finally began to lose the momentum and are moving uh, it's almost like the boulder was flowing and it kind of hit the valley and then it was going up the hill and now it's retracting and it feels like youtube is beginning to take the lead here little by little. They are picking up speed. They're on a uh, a very steady pace to, to be the biggest and most dominant platform. And we know they have the money to funnel the fire, the furnace, the cash furnace that we like to talk about. They have the money to keep shoveling. And their shorts platform is only getting better. And I mean, I think it'll ultimately end up in a, in a, a play where I can see shorts on YouTube being the the number one shorts form of uh, media that is consumed globally, TikTok eventually will fizzle out. Snapchat, Instagram, etc. I just I just don't see any of them moving at this steady pace that the juggernaut YouTube is moving at, and it, it's been like slow and steady and in a in a positive direction. So, you know the the future of Twitch. I don't know how many years I'm gonna give it, but uh, I think we are seeing the early signs of a a. a pretty tough situation for the platform and i hate that because i, I love this Twitch platform it's where i kind of came up but yeah i've been on twitch for 10 years so you know 10 years is more than enough to get a new generation or a new platform to come up i mean yeah. i mean back when we were shopping online it was ebay now it's amazon so there you go yep. things change <laughs> absolutely well uh thanks everyone for rocking with us on this episode we we, we definitely do need to dig into some that uh futurist uh futuristic mindset around this short form content instagram reels is is pumping a lot they've been sending me like I, like i have they've, they've been paying out people for content it's very interesting it's a lot so uh hey make sure um you know um i'll let javier close this proper but just want to encourage you guys keep interacting with us on twitter you're really seeing that as an organization we're trying to uh, just continue to build and move forward. Be there for, for our people. Uh, rock with us. Uh, react to anywhere that you see us online, especially our Twitter. Uh, grab uh, some of our merchandise. Um, get ready for some exciting announcements. And uh, uh, we just appreciate y'all so much. Yes, sir. Before we get out of here, though, let's give Joel the floor. Let the people at home know where they can find you, my man. Uh, Twitter, Arbor K Concealed is my main yes, form of social media. So I'm always around. Shoot me a message, follow, like whatever all that john rush hey john w key rush say hello yes sir yes sir and at myself at monster d face don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast at gmail.com it has been another banger of a week guys before you all 
tune out of this episode, close your downloads. I want to encourage you, don't forget to leave us a little review on whatever platform you're on. It does make a difference in helping people find us. But other than that, uh, I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those skills and boost those victory royales. Peace, y'all.